Hello, everyone. John and Kathy Casto here with School of Prayer. Thank you for joining us today. We've got a great program. You know, we're all about learning how to pray, how to pray better, and uh, how do we grow up in God and be stronger in Him and then build that relationship to the point where we discover our destiny. Our destiny, that's what uh, God is, has uh, in store for us, His perfect will for our lives. Who we're to marry, who we're not to marry. God has a perfect will about anything that matters in your, in your life, my life, and even the world. But He wants us to seek Him. Well, we're going to uh, learn some more principles of prayer today with Pastor Will Hyde. We're going to have part two of that teaching. He mentioned the law of prayer in uh, part one. We're going to discover some more scriptures and things that will help you out today. And uh, before we get into that, of course, you want to have a, a, a pencil and paper to take some notes. Hey, listen, we're going to go right into the, to teaching with Pastor Will Hyde. He's going to start where he left off in part one. Talking about the the law of prayer, you're going to love it. Here's Pastor Bob Wilhite. Prayer is a law. Amen. It is a law. A law that we operate. A law that we bring into a given situation. Amen. Let me show you how it works. You remember when Joshua was fighting against the Amorites? And he needed more daylight to, con- to finish the conflict and to win the victory. And he came before the Lord. I think it's the 16th chapter, maybe, of Joshua. I'm not for sure. You remember the story, though. I'm not going to ask you to turn there. But he said, he went into the presence of the Lord and there conferred with God who knew the whole situation, and who, by the way, had a will about the outcome of that battle. God had a will about it. But he cannot, will not, impose his will until he is requested to do so, because that's the way the highest law of the universe operates. When there are those among the rebels who know the will of God and begin to pray, On earth, thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. They have set up the conditions under which God can legally implement his will in a universe controlled by natural law, we'll call it, and a world under the dominion of a rebel. Amen. We set up the conditions that permit him to implement His will in that given situation. Oh, that's beginning to adjust some things. When you begin to see that, you begin to realize that prayer is not persuading God to do a given thing at a given point in time. And through my urgent pleadings with Him, I get him to do it. No, I just set up the conditions under which he can do it. That's all. That's all prayer is about. It's not, you see, it's not difficult. It's not hard work. It's just knowing the will of God and beginning to pray on earth 
what God wills in heaven. And if not, if I don't know it, I can declare that, Lord, I don't know your will in this situation. But I am praying, thy kingdom be established. Let your will be done in this matter that I'm not sure about. Let your will be done in this. And when we do, we've set up the conditions under which he can implement his will. When Joshua went into that place of prayer, he then, after a while, came out. In the place of prayer, God had told him exactly what to do and had given him the authority to act in his behalf in this situation. He came out and said, Son, stand still. Amen. Now, that son is operating by divine law. Amen. But here's a man who knows what God's will is about the matter, and he has prayed on earth, and God has authorized him to command the son to stand still, and the Bible says in one translation, the son stopped in the middle of the sky, and it stayed there about a whole day. Amen. Hallelujah. You think that it was Joshua's prayer somehow convinced God that he ought to intervene? Absolutely not. He knew God had a will about that all the time. It just so happened that Joshua got into the place where he could hear what God wanted to do about the thing. And he then simply declared what God told him to declare, and God was justified. Amen. He set up the conditions under which God could set aside natural law for a period of time. Of course, our dear scientist brothers tell us that's how you know the Bible isn't true. You know, that story right there, because the sun, you know, didn't, they tell us wisely, the sun didn't really stand still. It was already standing still. It was the world that somehow, well, they don't go into that. Of course, those same well-informed, wise scientists still talk about the sun rising and the sun setting, and they know better. You know, so really the Bible, the Bible isn't supposed to be a scientific book and it wasn't going into some kind of an explanation of what happens when a day's, the length of a day is extended. It just talked it in the terms that people understood it. And for all practical purposes, that's what happened. And those scientists had to account for that day before they could get a man on the moon. Amen. They had to account for that day. They had to recognize that it did happen back there. Amen. That's not very important to the issue, but what I'm saying is there was a man on earth that knew the will of God and he prayed according to God's will, thus setting up the conditions under which God, if God was, could legally set aside law. I don't know what he did to make that day longer. I, it boggles my mind to think what had to happen for that to happen, but it did happen. Amen. Maybe the whole universe went sideways. I don't know what happened. But there was a day like that. And to bring it a little bit closer to home, I remember when we were getting ready to go into our first building that was just nearly completed, a church on the rock, and the, the city came out to do their final inspection before issuing an occupancy permit, and they discovered 
that we had put the wrong size gravel in the ditch that carried the sewer line from the building out to the main and uh, said, you'll have to tear all of this out and put the right size gravel in there before we're going to issue you an occupancy permit. Very cooperative group of people trying to help us every way they could. Of course, they couldn't be even wait till next week, you know. But at any rate, we, without arguing, they just brought in the machinery and started digging it up. That's all you could do. Started digging up that ditch, and there was time. It was Wednesday when that happened, before the first service was to be on the following Sunday. Just a few days, but long enough. We could get that, we could get that, that, uh, replaced by that period, by that, that period, in that period of time. But, to do so would require good weather all the way through. Because in East Texas, when it rains, on that black gumbo, you don't work in a ditch. I mean, that stops all of that. And things were going well. The line was all, was being replaced and everything was going well until Saturday and they could see the end in view. But the storm clouds began to gather over Dallas. And that's where they seemed to gather over on that side of the lake. Ray Hubbard and moved to the northeast and in Texas in August it can rain two inches in 30 minutes and be then turn off just as hot as it was before it rained but you don't work in the ground anymore I mean that stops that until it dries up and it takes days usually for it to dry up so here came the rain you could see it Moses over on on the lake, just a mile west of the church, the rain, just coming down in torrents, dark clouds, lightning and thunder. Here it's moving right straight toward the property. And before it got to the property, between the lake and the property where the work was going on, you could see it raining there. The men started getting off the machinery, heading for shelter because they knew they were getting ready to get a real soaking and as they were trying to, or coming down off the machines, the foreman of the job said, don't leave those machines. It is not going to rain on this property for the pastor is praying. Amen. Well, it rained right up to the west edge of that property and it rained across I-30 I- I- on the north side of the property And I don't know where it rained toward the east, but it did not rain on that property that day because God, you see, there was a man who justified by prayer and faith God doing whatever he had to do to fan the clouds around that piece of property that day. Amen. You see, he had a will about the church getting into that building that day. Amen. God had a will about that. And somebody said, oh, that that probably would have happened anyway. Well, who can really know for sure? But it just seems like when you pray, more peculiar things happen. I mean, that seem to defy the laws of nature. When you're really praying. I remember being in western Kansas and... uh, a corn farmer out there in the high plateau country, a couple of sections of corn. Every year he had to, he had to, to, uh, 
buy insurance because the hail is bad out in that area. And 40000 a year is what insurance costs on two sections of corn. And uh, he's, that year he just said, Lord, I really believe in my heart that you can take care of this corn. To, well, he, really, the Lord just put this faith in his heart. And, and he said, he felt like saying to the Lord, I'm, I'd rather put that 40000 in missions than to put into insurance. And, and I'm, I really believe that you can take care of my corn crop this year. And he just took out the money and took it and put it in the missionary offering. I was out there in that fall after the corn was, was already finished and ready to be picked. And what do you think? All around his fields, it seemed like the corn was, the corn was just stripped by hails, but not on his field because he through obedience to the Lord, had justified divine intervention in that situation, and God was always able to, even when the storm was coming, He could put His hands over that field. Hallelujah. Just a finger is all, just a fingernail is all that took. Amen. To protect the man's corn. And I'm not suggesting that you do that unless the Spirit tells you to do it. If the Holy Spirit is telling you to do it, then do by all means what he is telling you to do and you can't ever miss you can't ever miss it when you do that now are you beginning to see what i'm talking about how you justify divine intervention through your prayers you set up the conditions through your prayers amen i'd hate to see this prayer Revival get sidetracked by all of us putting faith in prayer. It's just that prayer sets up the conditions under which he does things. We make it possible. We, we bring it into an arena that God can work in when we are praying on earth what God wills in heaven. Hallelujah. We don't actually change things by our prayers generally. By the prayer itself, we just set up the conditions under which they can be changed by a God who wants to change them, but will not impose his will until he is being requested to do so. Oh my goodness, what a great message. The law of prayer. God does nothing but an answer to prayer. And when we pray, he's justified to intervene into any given situation. It makes your prayers uh, important, my prayers important. But he's waiting on you and I, me and you, to pray about everything. He has a perfect will about anything that matters, but he's not going to force it on us until we ask. Lord, I pray for our listeners today that they are catching something, Lord, in the Spirit for their lives, Father. They'll learn something from this teaching and the teaching to come and the teachings to come. Lord, that'll apply to their lives, and they'll see life changing in their life changes in their their loved ones, um, their spouse, Lord, their life uh, style, everything. Father, we thank you that you're working in our lives. We thank you, Lord, that we're saved by the blood of Jesus. We pray that that those that are here and listening today. Lord, that they would give their lives to the Lord Jesus. Lord, we thank you that you are our Lord. Just say that. You're the Lord of my life. I take you as uh, my Lord and Savior today. Father, we thank you for our listeners. We ask you to continue to bless them. 
God bless you for listening today. It was awesome. We'll have uh, part three coming up. And uh, here's our announcer. Thank you for being a part of the School of Prayer today. For more information about John and Kathy Casto's teaching materials, as well as Pastor Bob Wilhite's, visit Amazon.com for their books or their website, hiswayprayer.com. They welcome your prayer request by email at hiswayprayer at gmail.com. If this program has been helpful to you in any way, please invite a friend to join us. And always remember, if you have enough faith to pray, you have enough faith to move the hand of God.